Welcome to Yo 11 Minutes. Yo 11 Minutes, mostly Vegas, no BS casino experience and more. Michael Traeger is a casino and travel loyalty expert who help, who also helps people turn their travel dreams into reality. And now, Michael Traeger. How's it going, Michael? It's going great. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for asking. It's just another lovely day here in Vegas. It's always a lovely day in Vegas. For some people. I'll just leave it at that. I think that's fine. <laughs> um, and when I say that, but, yeah, I, I was referring to the, the news story I have coming up, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah well, that's what I was going to say. It, it, to lead into your news story, it wasn't, it wasn't a lovely day for someone looking to get on a specific slot machine. Yeah, I mean, who, who knew? That <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> slot machine loyalty is so, is so fierce. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's territorial even. But let's go ahead and talk about that. And now it's time for the news and views. Ah, this is the kind of stuff we locals get to read about. A slot machine dispute leads to a steak knife stabbing at a Las Vegas casino. This happened at the Orleans, uh, in case you couldn't guess. A Las Vegas man was arrested after a dispute over a casino slot machine led to an alleged stabbing with a steak knife. Michael Graham, 70 years old, was taken into custody on the morning of New Year's Eve 2023 and is facing charges of battery and carrying a concealed machete without a permit. A Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department patrol unit was dispatched to the Orleans Casino shortly after 9 a.m. on December 31st, 2023. The officers responded to a service call regarding a battery with a weapon, a battery with a deadly weapon. A pair of officers arrived on the scene and contacted hotel security guard outside a bathroom near the south entrance. The guard was with the suspect and he handed the officers a black cover for a knife. Police took the suspect into custody and removed a three to four inch steak knife with a black handle from his front right pocket. Why did all this happen? This is why. The suspect told police he was gambling in the casino and went to use the restroom after inserting money into a slot machine. When he returned, a young male, a young adult male was sitting in the suspect's seat at the machine. He said the victim suddenly turned into him and he does not know how the victim got stabbed because the knife was in his pocket. He also said he carries the steak knife for protection. Police also spoke to the victim who stated that nobody was near the slot machine when he approached it and that there is only 50 cents on it before he added $20 of his own. Police reviewed surveillance video and determined that Graham could be seen pulling something out of his right pocket, at which point the victim stood up. Graham is then seen making a stabbing motion with the object towards the victim's torso, the police report stated. A witness told police that Graham threatened to punch the victim if he didn't stop playing his machine. She said that the suspect then stabbed the man in his lower backside. Graham was booked into the Clark County Detention Center. He has a preliminary court hearing scheduled for January 17th. That's it for the news. And now for the views. Michael, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that this kind of stuff is really, really crazy. <laughs> That's, uh, I always wonder also what the genesis of these arguments are sometimes. But, you know, people get crazy over their slot machines. I also, uh, people, people get crazy when they've been playing a slot machine for a long time and they leave it and then they want to get back to it and someone else is on the slot machine. So that's, uh, I would like to say that none of this surprises me, unfortunately. Now, although it was kind of weird that this person's carrying a steak knife for protection, I, and it was a shitty thing that he did. 
It was. Uh, there is no sugarcoating it. But, you know, I just have respect for a person who's always ready to encounter a piece of steak in the wild. Because you never know what a random piece of steak is going to do. Always carry that steak knife, folks. Because if one comes at you, you've got that steak knife. And you can go ahead and enjoy a pleasant meal, hopefully. Maybe bring some yeah. steak sauce in case the steak ain't that great. You might want to. You know, some steakhouses actually give you a choice of knives now. I think uh, Carver Steak does that, where they bring over the box of knives and you get to choose the knife that you want to use to cut your steak. Like, do you get, do you get, you get to test each one on something, like, first? You know, like, whoosh, eh, not so bad. <laughs> Just start slicing random things. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, this is the one for me. Is, is, how, how do you, is it by appearance or something? Like, how does one choose which knife is best for them? It's by handle. And I think it's weight, like the weight of a handle on a knife, you know, like how you like that. I mean, obviously, it doesn't make a huge difference. Yeah, no, it really doesn't. But good to know. So anyway, that was it. That's, uh, yeah, stabbings at the Orleans, because the Orleans. (laughs) That's right. So, yeah. So we've handled, we've handled... We've we've gotten our our first our first stabbing news story. There you go. This is what us locals have to see on a daily basis. So um, yeah, and it's usually the stories that I skip over. That's why I appreciate you sharing these things with me. Yeah, there's really nothing going on. I'm sure I saw that headline on the Twitter, and I probably skipped it. Yeah, yeah. This is usually what Vegas news is actually actually is for you folks at home. Uh, Usually isn't. This is opening, and that's opening. That stuff happens. Not on a daily basis. Uh, what we do see is this person was shot. That person was shot. This person was stabbed all the time. But I figured this was kind of funny because I mean, a freaking steak knife. I mean, at first I was like, was he eating steak at a at a slot machine? Like, what happened? Like, I couldn't wrap my head around just seeing the no, just just the headline of it. Um, I was able to nail where it happened though. As soon as I saw <laughs> someone was stabbed with a steak knife at a casino, I was like, that sounds like something that would happen at the Orleans or Suncoast. And apparently I was right. It was Orleans. So there you go. Well, the other thing it's the other thing that's that's interesting about it is that they really didn't have to go that granular. They could have just said that a dispute led to a knife stabbing, but they were very specific that it was a steak knife. <laughs> so that's uh I don't know. I you know what I, unless I see a picture of the knife, I I would need to verify personally if it was a steak knife. Yeah, but he was charged with carrying a machete. Uh, a concealed mach- machete. But a machete isn't three to four inches. Machetes are pretty damn big. So, and according to the article, it was a three to four, it had a three to four inch blade. So I, I don't know. Uh, but I'm sure that, I mean, they could have just reported the news, like you said, you know, very just standard and could have said it was this and left us succinct. But I think what caught their attention and then they would catch other people's attention is the fact that it was a steak knife at a casino. Not like you pulled out something. It was a steak knife. Specifically, okay, I got it. I got I it. I mean, that's I well. This is funny. why. I mean, steak knives are much more dangerous than fish knives. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't a, a <laughs> so, butter knife or butter knives. Yeah, butter knife wouldn't have done much of anything. <laughs> so, a letter yes, opener, okay. maybe. But oh, <laughs> uh, we'll see. This is this is what we have to deal with on slow news weeks. Yeah, so, slow news week, folks. <laughs> I know. What can we do? Hopefully, we'll try to do better next week. We'll we'll try to come up with better news next week. And with that, it is time for the tease.
Okay, so I'm going to go back to what I left off with yesterday, which was whether comp hustling is truly beating the system, since we're talking about comps and not cash. And I think that's where I get into my voodoo math on certain things. When somebody says, hey, I lost $2,000 on this trip, but my room was worth this much, and I got this much in food comped, and I got this much and this much, and look, I didn't really lose the money because I got all of this money in value. But that's a little tricky because, or to me, that's sort of voodoo comp math because losses, you know, your wins and losses, I think, are... It's it's nice to be able to offset it, but then there's also the thing, would you have paid that much money for the room, especially if the comp room you got was on a weekend and stuff like that? And remember, when you're talking about advantage players, they are talking about cash, not comps in a lot of situations. So I was just messing around with some numbers, and hopefully I got them right. But if you look at this case where a casino uses a 1.3% uh theoretical loss for something like Baccarat. And say in the wildest of examples, you played a thousand hands at $200 per hand or $200,000 in action. That 1.3% of 200,000 would be a theoretical loss of about $2,600. But if you wanted to use a figure, and I'm making up this figure, it's a figure used to be used years, years ago, that the Kinesino would give you back 30% of your theoretical loss in comps. That would be about $780 in comps. But the most interesting thing about hustling comps is what if instead of being rated 200 a hand, even though your actual was about 200 a hand, you were rated 400 a hand, but you were truly, your true average was really 200 a hand, then you would be getting essentially double the amount of comps. And that sounds better. And that is also sort of, well, it's not sort of, it is reducing the house edge if you value these comps as much as you value cash. Because in this example, if we're saying you would earn maybe $780 in comps, which once again, this is just sort of a made up kind of example, then if you were rated double, that would be $1,500 in comps. So that does, you know, it, that does sound, that does sound pretty good. But once again, you're still not getting more than your theoretical loss. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to talk about. But the thing that really makes me pause is when you think about somebody putting $200,000 in action or coin in at slots, which have about a 10% house edge. So that would be about a $20,000 theoretical loss. And that's – so now if you think your the casino would give you back maybe 30% in comps, that could be quite a few thousand dollars. So that's sort of interesting to think about. But of course, the main difference of this conversation is that what you're rated at at tables has some discretionary factor. And let's be completely honest here. If you have an actual rating of 200, chances are you probably aren't going to be rated 400. And chances are you're probably not going to play a thousand hands in a session. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's nice to look at those kind of numbers. You have numbers to look at. But it really does show you with slots that that theoretical loss is so high. So when you get jealous, especially table players of your friends who are big slot players and they play a lot and they get a lot of comps, 
remember that they are most likely or not most likely, but definitely paying for those comps. And that's what I got for you today. When you say that no one plays a thousand hands around, no, no one would play a thousand hands a session, I think if Steak Knife Slot Machine Guy was as passionate about table games as he is about slot machines, he would absolutely play a thousand hands and there'd be a steak knife in each one of those hands. I don't know well, why. If you, thought, if you thought a thousand hands that you're being rated on an average of, I think it's like, that would be, say, 60 hands an hour, mm-hmm. that would be 16 hours of play. So that could be four days for a 12, 16. That could be four days of four hours per day. And remember, that's always the metric for casinos. Four hours a day, four hours a day of tables. They love four hours. I always wondered why. I, was, I, I think it's just something about the the four hours seems, the casinos seem very, very comfortable with, with you putting in four hours of play. I think also... That's also something casinos are very, very comfortable with you playing long enough that they have a chance to get your money. They don't, they, casinos hate what we call hit and run kind of action for, for anyone. They hate, they hate you saying, Hey, look at my rating. It was a thousand dollars a hand, but I only played for 20 minutes. Casinos don't love that because, you know, they, they want to have a really good chance at your money. What? Is there like a Guinness World Record for the longest time someone has gone on a straight gambling bender, like from beginning to end? Not like, you know, with hour breaks and stuff, but like straight, straight through. Just played either a machine or a table game or something to that effect for a seriously long time that Guinness had to put it in their book. You know, that's, that is really interesting, actually. That is really interesting. And I would wonder what the metric, because remember for, like you said, so there have to be, so what are the, what are the breaks? I mean, it would definitely work with, with shoe games that have a shuffle, right? Because that would be the natural break. So like, say you played, let's pretend it's Baccarat, which would, you know, it's eight hands, eight decks in a shoe. So it played eight decks. And then they either shuffle, you know, get new cards and shuffle, or they bring in pre-shuffled cards. But either way, it takes them a good five to ten minutes. If they have to shuffle, it would be a, probably a full ten minutes. So there's always a natural break there if you had to go to the bathroom or do something else. So that would be interesting uh, how long somebody played for, you know, how how what record they were going for. That would be amazing. I want to go for that. Longest the longest session of Baccarat ever. I guess you're going to have to be like David Blaine. You know what? That would be, that sounds like a David Blaine thing, right? Cause he does like, he does do things for a long time. Like that's his, like I'm going to be frozen in a block of ice for four days, or, you know, I'm going to stand on a 60 foot pole in the middle of New York city for four days. Like, you know, as I, that sounds like something that David Blaine would do. He would like train his body to gamble for like four days straight. But you yeah, can I'm do looking it. at I'm looking you at it a little it. bit. They talk about like like in the Guinness Book of World Records, like the largest Baccarat tournament winning, the largest winning streak. But here we're just talking about the longest amount of time that somebody just played 
the game for, you know, right. how many days that's, I mean, and considering that you would have a break with every shoe, you could go on for almost for extremely long period of time. If you think about it, as long as the table stayed open, which it would, which many would, because they would just change dealers and have shift changes. Wow. That would be great. Because you hear about a lot of players who, who've played for 12 hours or who stay in the casino for a couple of days and have played Baccarat for a lot of hours a day, mm-hmm. but you, but they're not usually consecutive. Like it's not all consecutive. Like there's a break at some point for an hour or two. So I think, I think this would be interesting. I wonder how long somebody could actually go sitting there. I mean, it would, it definitely wouldn't be physically impossible because you would be able to have bathroom breaks and you probably would be able to grab some food or ask a cocktail waitress to bring you hot dogs. Uh, so, wow, that's a good one. I don't know. Maybe somebody knows out there. I'm very, very curious. Yeah. I mean, also I'm thinking about like slot machines because I think the longest a person can go because once every 24 hours they have to drop the box, uh, drop the cash box, which means they come around and switch out the full cash box for an empty cash box. And that happens usually once every 24 hours. So if someone wants to do this on a slot machine, they can uh, they can probably go for 24 hours straight before they literally have to stop because, you know, they don't. Yeah, but does play. that count? Like when they remove the cash box? Because remember, they're going to also remove the boxes at the table games too. Mm. And they're going to do chip fills. Now, chip fills can happen in the middle of a shoe. But remember, there is that box that they drop every day at a table. But that, but table games are different, I think, because they can drop that box like pretty quickly while the play is happening and replace the block box. But as I remember at slots, what happened? Do you have to cash out for them to drop the box at slot machines? Uh, that's a good question. Actually, I mean, this would be like in this in this Guinness Book requirement thing. For how long you played, like, would it be acceptable, like, you know, for obviously hand pays would be breaks, right? So you'd have hand pays and you'd have dropping the box. You know what the you know what the thing about it there is, though, that's tough with slot machines is that you don't have any like other normal break where you could go to the bathroom or do something like with Baccarat. You definitely need a new shoe. There's a new shoe every time you finish a shoe. So there always is a break. It might be very short if the cards are Mm pre-shuffled, but there's always a break in which you could go to the bathroom. I just couldn't see how you could sit at a slot machine for 24 hours without going to the bathroom. A catheter. This is what David Blaine does. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm not going into that. I think we've covered this enough, but this is very interesting. I, I like because Guinness Book deals with a lot of the greatest wins, but I guess the longest... The longest time anybody's ever sat and played Bakra. You'd have to make sure you had enough money not to run out of money. But that wouldn't be that difficult because if the bankroll, because you're dealing with a 1% house edge game, if your bankroll was large enough in comparison to what the betting unit was, like I, I'm making this up because you wouldn't find a $5 table, but pretend it was a $5, uh, $5 Bakra table. If you, if you had like, $100,000 with you, the chance of busting out is very, very, very slim. So yeah, this is this is interesting. I like this challenge. I want to do this. I want to be the person who played Baccarat for the longest consecutive amount of time. You know, you could probably get a sponsorship from a casino or something. And, you know, I mean, they'll put publicity around it. I mean... Yeah, that's there's there's something uh, there. And talking about publicity, uh, the, the Daily Mail Travel Today published... Uh, 
some of our thoughts from Travel Zork on the opening of Fontainebleau and uh, Mark Meltzer's uh, article. So that was pretty cool. Yay, and, uh, Meltz. That's it. Yay, Meltz. That's right. We're always yay, Meltzing. So that's it. That's all I got for you today. Any closing remarks or anything like that? No, I think this was a fun conversation. It was a fun week. Uh, next week, I'm not sure what I want to talk about. I'd love some ideas. Send us ideas. I'd love to talk about best value suites in Vegas. I was thinking about that today. So maybe we'll maybe we'll touch on some of that. Or maybe there'll be a really exciting news story, which will captivate and lead the conversation. Hey, but if it involves a stick probably, knife, I'm down. Okay. Or maybe, or maybe we'll just... <laughs> <laughs> what we won't be talking about are knives next week for sure. So okay. we'll see. Well, we'll see. <laughs> that's it. Well, anyway, thanks. Thanks everyone for joining us on another week. And we hope to see you again uh, next week on Monday. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Luxury travel booking, Travel Zork Travel. Uh, visit us at TravelZorkTravel.com to plan your next amazing vacation. And please join the conversation on social media. You can find us easily as all social platforms are at Travel Zork. We'll see you next time.